Writers in Hollywood are the latest to declare concerns that technology based in powerful artificial intelligence tools may jeopardize their livelihoods. As of this recording, members of the Writers Guild of America are on picket lines in Los Angeles, largely over worries that studio bosses will use ChatGPT to write jokes and dramas. Welcome to CCC's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Velocity of Content. When the Writers Guild voted to strike on May 2nd, the union demanded of producers that AI can't write or rewrite literary material, can't be used as source material, and that contract-covered material can't be used to train AI. Questions about the role of generative AI technology invariably focus on intellectual property law, both in the so-called training of large language models like ChatGPT and in the output of works, including text, images, and even videos. Variety has just published a special report on Gen AI and IP law, and the report's author, Paul Sweeting, joins me now. Welcome to Velocity of Content, Paul. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here. Are you surprised, Paul, that AI and authorship is a central issue in the WGA strike? ChatGPT only became a household word months ago. Did that anxiety erupt overnight, or has this been coming to a slow boil for a while? Well, first of all, I'm not surprised at all that it would be an issue in the strike. It's sort of the the issue in just about all of the creative industries at this point. It's hit everyone like a ton of bricks. But as you suggested, it did just become sort of a popular phenomenon with the release of, of the chat GPT bot, um, which was uh, happened uh, in late November of uh, last year. And it very quickly took off. I mean, it had 30 million users within the first month, and it now has over 100 million users. And since then, other other um, uh, similar uh, related tools have, have become available commercially. Stable Diffusion and MidJourney, which are used uh, primarily for generating images from textual prompts, but all of these have been sort of percolating in the background for a while. I mean, ChatGPT is based on a model that uh, was actually developed two years earlier. And uh, the company behind it, OpenAI, had made it available only on a selective basis. Um, what's changed was uh, late last year, um, for reasons never really articulated that I've heard, uh, they decided to commercialize this technology in a big way. And so they they sort of combined the model that they had built with a interactive chat bot so that people can um, put in prompts and, and, and have it respond and uh, release that uh, uh, to the public. And uh, it became overnight a phenomenon but you know it's it's like they say in the music business uh you know it takes 10 years to be an overnight phenomenon well let's look at this first from the writer's perspective what is it about generative ai that has sent them to the picket lines well there are a number of concerns the primary concern is that this technology can be used and in fact a lot of writers are are themselves using it at an early stage of the process for um, ideation, the development of ideas uh, as our artists and in, in, in other working in other media. But the concern for the, the Writers Guild is that studios will rely on this sort of technology to generate the, the sort of basic 
script for a movie, the the story, the characters, the basic dialogue, and then just hire writers on a basically day labor basis to come in and punch up what the machine has has created, and it it would significantly devalue what writers do and turn that sort of work or their concern is that it would turn what they have been doing for a living for years into a form of, you know, day labor, basically. And what about the studios, Paul Sweeting? Do they see generative AI as a real opportunity for them? Well, um, if you believe the writers, <laughs> uh, it's an opportunity for them to save money on 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 writers. But um, generative AI is already playing a, a role within uh, the movie production process, and it's only going to play a more prominent role as the technology advances. I mean, it, it's possible today with the technology that they have to create an entirely synthetic performance by an actor. You can have an actor appear in a scene or appear to appear in a scene without that actor ever having been on the set um, using previous footage as a sort of starting point and then uh, using AI to uh, to create an entirely you know realistic looking performance by somebody who was never in front of the camera so uh, and it's also of course being used in special effects and and um, all sorts of areas um, it's also being used sort of before um, the the production process uh, has begun and 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 has been even before the sort of current generative uh, AI models came on the market. Studios have been very quietly using AI to essentially test read scripts uh, and asking the AI to make predictions about its commercial possibilities or or potential. Uh, and even you know uh, weighing in on on uh casting and and various other aspects of it so ai has been there for a while in in hollywood and it's only going to become a more prominent part of the production process uh, and the pre-production process as the technology continues to advance which it is at you know lightning speed Recent decisions by the U.S. Copyright Office do make for uncertainty about the value of these AI-generated works because the Copyright Office has ruled they cannot be copyrighted. And the basis for that decision is the black box nature of tools like OpenAI's ChatGPT. Help us understand that issue. Well, there are a number of reasons why they, the Copyright Office has has taken that position. Uh, the, the sort of fundamental reason is the longstanding principle which has been upheld by the Supreme Court many times, that you know, human authorship is required for a work to be eligible for copyright. The whole purpose of copyright is to incentivize humans to create more works by providing them a means of monetizing that. And you can't incentivize a machine. It's a non sequitur. It makes no sense. So the the office is long held and the courts have long upheld that uh, human authorship is the sort of sine qua non for copyright eligibility. Where things get really tricky these days is exactly how much human authorship and or human involvement and and uh, of what type is required for work to be eligible for copyright, because as these generative AI tools become a bigger part of 
the process by which uh, artists create and writers write, where do you draw the line? What exactly does the um, human have to do at what stage to invest the work with the uh, requisite amount of of human authorship, whatever that is? And that's where the black box problem comes in, because these tools, there's an inherent unpredictability in a in a generative AI model. These models, w w the way they're created is they suck up uh, an immense amount of, of content. Um, ChatGPT, for instance, was trained on something on the order of 45 terabytes of data, which is basically the entire textual content of the publicly available World Wide Web. But what it does when it ingests all of that material is it doesn't, it doesn't copy it. It, it essentially reads it the way you and I would read um, a, a text, and it extracts from the text various data points, a, a whole lot of data points uh, about you know where words appear in sentences, how often they appear, how often they appear in relation to other words, and how similar or dissimilar they are to uh, to other words, and it. It uses all that data to create an immensely complex uh, statistical model of, of language. It's estimated, for instance, that uh, uh, GPT-3, which is the sort of engine of chat GPT, built a model on 175 billion parameters. Uh, so it's, it's a, a effectively impossible for a human, including the people who design these things, to know exactly how the system built the model and then what is the model doing it's 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 engaging in in a highly complex very involved mathematical process but exactly what that computational process is is you know effectively unknowable it's a black box so when you put in a prompt there is a certain unpredictability as to what the output will be and that raises a question about you know is there human agency in there and is there a sufficient amount of human agency if i you know if i can't predict uh with great accuracy or, or certainty what is going to come out the other end from my prompt can i say that i caused that that output you know was my agency uh, responsible for that output and you know, that's where things have gotten very messy right now because the Copyright Office has, has issued some guidance around that, but there's a fair amount of ambiguity in the guidance. So uh, we don't have an answer right now is, is, is the problem, but it comes down to, you know, how much human authorship is required and, you know, can you isolate that human authorship from the, the process uh, where the process involves the use at some point of, of a generative AI model. And Paul Sweeting, if these new AI works cannot be copyrighted, what's the potential impact on the value of movies and music? As you say, AI is quickly becoming established in the workflows of many types of media. So they are there, they are using the AI. What's it going to mean to the business? Well, that's a very good question, uh, Chris, and and uh, I wish I had a, fir a firm answer for, for you, but it's it's hard to say. I mean, the the scale at which uh, a generative AI model can can 
churn out content is staggering. I mean, it, it, you know, it takes only a few seconds to, to, um, you know, to generate a song, for instance, or a poem. And, you know, it can do that almost infinitely. And it can, it, so it's going to the end and we're, you know, it's already happening. The, the amount of this sort of ambiguously owned content uh, is, you know, there's a, a real danger that that's going to sort of flood the market and crowd out works that were genuinely created by humans. I mean, if you're, if you're a graphic artist and, you know, you spend uh, two weeks trying to come up with, you know, something for a, uh, uh, an advertisement, um, and, and a generative AI can, can produce four million of those in, in a, in a matter of minutes. Um, what is the value of the the work that the human artist has put into it? It's 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 a real problem, and there isn't a good answer to it yet. We you know this is very very early days um, with this technology in in widespread use, and everybody is just sort of feeling their way in the dark. Paul Sweeting, author of the new Variety Special Report on Gen AI and IP law and co-founder of the Rights Tech Project and editor of the Rights Tech blog. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure, Chris. That's all for now. Our producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. You can subscribe to this program wherever you go for podcasts. And please do follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. You can also find Velocity of Content on YouTube as part of the CCC channel. I'm Christopher Keneally. Thanks for listening. Thank you.